Hey, you're listening to Featuring Filmmakers, a podcast where we talk to people in the filmmaking industry about their projects and the creative process behind making them. My name is JJ. And I'm Amanda. And this is Featuring Filmmakers. As always, we recommend checking out this episode on the blog so that you can watch the full project and get context into everything that we discuss on this episode. Today we're talking to Benjamin Hardman. Uh, He's originally from Perth, Australia and now lives in Iceland, um, primarily working as a landscape photographer. He's been doing that for several years now and recently moved into the filmmaking world um, in addition to photography, shooting natural history and working with several different people and channels on that. This project we're discussing is a collaboration with 66 North and Heim Planet, um, both sort of outdoor adventure brands that Benjamin worked with to develop a tent that um, is sort of custom to the Iceland environment. It's, he worked with them to develop this tent and then even uh, in creating the photo and video content for them around that. And it features a lot of really incredible landscapes uh, and which Benjamin is known for. And yeah, I'm really excited to dive into it. So let's get started. My background started a little bit with landscape photography and uh, you were a huge inspiration from day one of that. And now watching you become a filmmaker has been such a cool experience. And you just like picked up from you picked up filmmaking at like level 100 like there was no learning curve with you you just went from being an amazing photographer to an amazing filmmaker and there's probably more that goes on behind the scenes that got you to that point but um as a viewer uh as a fan it was really cool to to witness and watch that i'd love to talk about a project that you released recently uh with the collaboration with 66 north and heim planet um, I'd love to hear from you just how how this project came to be. Yeah, so I've worked with both companies independently for quite a long time. And the idea kind of brewed out of, um, I guess, wanting to craft the tent that I dreamed of, like after all these years of using a product and having these slight... I get not annoyances, but things that I felt like could be just more dialed in. And then um, my work with 66 North is, of course, like they are my biggest um, collaborator here in in Iceland and the people I spend most of my time working with and absolutely love them. So whenever an opportunity comes along to connect them with another brand that that I have a passion for or, or are friends with, then I always like to make the link. And that was such a seamless collaboration to set up because like with an outdoor clothing brand, of course, it makes sense to have a release in in such a way. If you look at other brands, a lot of them already have an outdoor camping lineup like that. So yeah, we got that going on. And um, the first step was to figure out the color and the size, um, which was very quick to figure out we want it to be as portable as possible, but also um, have enough space for, in my instance, having all my gear in the tent with me. Um, that was my biggest thing. I want to just have a little bit more space to to bring my cases in in the night so I can be doing my downloads and stuff while I'm 
you know, waiting for the next weather window. So yeah, that's what we took into the design room in the beginning. And we quickly realized that the best visual aesthetic for it was to replicate the Icelandic storm shelters, which are located all around the country. And yeah, we brought that, the color together, the design concept, and then from a shoot perspective, they left it completely up to me how we take it into nature and create the commercial for, for the project. So that was really, from that, they then took the, the design and, and um, basically made it happen themselves. And then once the tents were um, made and I could get my hands on the prototype, then we immediately went out into the mountains. And I worked with a DP here my friend called Ellie, who I've worked with a couple of times in the past and I thought like he would be the perfect fit because I had to have someone film me. Um, so there was like a, a double-edged thing where I would have loved to produce it, but I also had to be in it, um, which was a weird mix to figure out. So yeah, we, we planned together. I got all of his feedback um, about the tent and about the different style of emotion we wanted to portray and for me it was all about having nature at the forefront and the feeling of being immersed in the landscape and how this product because it's an air inflated tent that takes absolutely no time at all to set up how you never have to feel the frustrations that most people feel when setting up a camp you know like I've I've had some hilarious moments watching people out arguing with each other trying to get their tank going up and then I just get my air pump out and it's done in 30 seconds and I'm already asleep by the time they have got their argument sorted and got their tent up. So I wanted that to be the main, the main purpose of the film was to showcase how peaceful being outdoors can be and how, you know, this tent can facilitate that. That's such an amazing opportunity to like, you're not only creating a film for this product, but you're so close to it. So obviously you're going to be a passion, passionate about how it's represented in front of the camera. Definitely. Yeah. That was kind of, you know, quite a lot at stake given that I also was involved from the beginning um, of that collaboration. So yeah, I just put my whole heart into making it as good as possible really. And yeah, we had Ellie on board who has an amazing way of telling these types of stories as well. So between us, when we were out there, I just put all my trust in him to film me and then used the skills that I had from all these landscape nature projects to basically portray nature in, in that same type of way, in the most peaceful and calm way that I could do. And that basically was through the drone. So all of the aerials I took care of, and then we matched that with Ellie filming me. So you spoke a little bit about the pre-production process. Um, you know, obviously it took time with the development of the tent, but as far as like planning of the filmmaking, what was that process like? What, were, what was it like working with, you said Ellie, was that his name? Okay. Was it just the two of you? What, the, what did that look like? I got Ellie on board and then had him over for a couple of initial briefing meetings to go through the product itself, the mood of the film, um, the purpose, because I was integrated into the design of it 
and showcasing it. So there was this like double uh, storyline we had to fulfill. And then he took that away and brought some ideas to the table um, a few weeks later. So we had some time to discuss and figure it out. Um, we also planned the time of year specifically to, I guess, meet this aesthetic that I wanted in the mountains, which was like the least amount of snow possible. So like raw earth. Um, so we, yeah, we're, we spent some time figuring out when that would be. And then he had some amazing ideas about um, how we could incorporate my girlfriend as well into the project and showcase us traveling together. Um, so yeah, it was a fine balance because I guess she didn't want to get too involved in that because she was also taking the photos of the project. So it was like a family <laughs> assignment. So it was a fine balance of like making sure everyone was not overloaded with, with things to do. But yeah, we managed to get her in, which is really nice. And I think I'm really happy that we did because it helps to reflect like the camp lifestyle element that you would actually feel when you're out there. Cause I think it's quite rare you would be alone more. So you're with someone mm. or with a group. Yeah. I like so, that. Yeah. What does the process look like for you going into choosing those specific locations? Is it just kind of like whatever's feeling good on the day? Is this something you map out ahead of time? Yeah, that's a tough one. I mean, Iceland for me is my backyard and you just have eventually over the years, I think the place where you live and you spend most of your time, you develop like a an internal shot list that you kind of trust so for me, I didn't really need to pre-plan locations and get them signed off or anything because I kind of knew roughly an area that would have the right aesthetic, which was like volcanic ash landscape. And really that's as far as you can go because when you get out there, you have no idea what it's actually going to be like. Um, there could still be snow. There could be a crazy storm that happens last minute. You need to completely change location. So I think in general, rather than scouting specific spots, you find a part of the country, a general area that you can then have multiple like A to Z options for. I think that comes a lot from like doing stuff in the tourism industry, doing photo workshops um, where, you know, people are obviously investing to be with you to both find the craziest landscapes and also learn along the way. So there's an obligation to make sure that we're delivering, you know, some amazing things along the way on the trip. And you really do need to have like plan A through to Z just in case something goes wrong in the first place and a storm happens in the next place and you have to reroute everything. So yeah, I think that's, that's how it is for me here. Did that happen on this shoot? Did you change like locations was there storms actually we got super lucky and we went straight out and it just worked as planned and that actually the luck led us to be able to double our um our shoot basically we could get it done super fast and then why not if you're if you have everyone out there keep going change the locations and keep building the story into as many locations as you can. So I was going to say one of the things I loved about um, this film is that you use your own voice, which, by the way, we need to talk about how sweet, sweet 
sounding your voices. It's just so <laughs> mellow and pleasant. I'm like... Have you considered oh, signing up for that app that does like the bedtime yeah, stories? sleep stories. <laughs> no you need way. to do it. <laughs> <laughs> Who is it? Isn't it like Ryan Gosling? No, there's like so many. I actually listen to them. Like Killian Murphy. I love it. Yeah, I'm like just... Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh, it's amazing. That. Like as a listener. You need to <laughs> You need to be a listener. You and totally could do the voice. I love it. But um Thank I you. love that you used your own voice in this project and I think it makes it feel like super personal, which it sounds like it's a very mm. personal project all the way from the beginning in in a sense that I didn't even know. But did you write the script? So I was basically from the beginning given the trust element to do the full concept myself. And that went all the way through to the to the final video. So I um, actually did it while I was in Australia. I just took my shotgun mic with me. And when I was home with my family, I wrote the script, recorded it, put it on the film without actually getting any feedback from anyone. And Beautiful. it just, yeah, didn't get any negative replies at all. It just worked. Well, it's beautiful. It was very poetic and like, I liked some of the language that you used. I thought that it like really fit nicely with the scenery. It was it was very beautiful. I remember thinking, gosh, I really like the way that he phrases that. Or I can't think of a specific instance, but I I, I really I, I really, really enjoyed that that part of it. So um, but just kind of switching gears a little bit into production, what was that process look like? I know that that's like a huge, huge ask, but like what roles you said you shot a bit of it and then you had Ellie shoot a bit of it, but, um, what, what were the roles throughout the whole process? I know it was a long process too, right? Um, well the shoot itself was only a couple of days and then it actually sat for a long time, like needing to be done the edit. And I think maybe what's a little bit weird about my, my workflow and the way I do things is mostly I just do it all myself. I don't know how it's led to that or like where this will go in the future because I don't think it's sustainable, but I don't know. I just, I'm always happy to like do an extra two all-nighters and make it happen myself. So that one, um, really, I think it comes from a survival instinct of moving to Iceland seven years ago and figuring it out. And I never really had a support network for that. I just always had to make my own decisions and go with them. And that carried over into my creative work. So I've very, been very independent since the beginning. And yeah, I found that, I mean, this one kind of worked in the same way. Um, I did most of the edit. I got feedback from Ellie once I did uh, the initial cut and he loved it. So that, yeah, there was not a whole lot of feedback to, or things to change. It kind of just, it just worked this one, which mm. is quite rare in my yeah. experience. Yeah, that's um, the dream. So yeah, I mean, but in terms of the the process itself, like I, I got all of the rushes and then I started to break it down in Da Vinci and then just built a, a rough cut with no real prior scripting or like storyboarding. I just went into it very visually based on how I wanted the landscapes to transition um, throughout the film and then filling in the, the camping elements in between. So I guess that's just my internal nature lover is like, even though it's a film about a tent, it was really like nature first. 
And I, I mean, there's also some negatives in that, like people saying like it was a glossy film that doesn't get technical about the tent, but also like that was never the point. It, it's meant to just inspire people to to go out and camp. Um, what was like, what would you say the biggest challenge was um, to overcome throughout this production process? Mm, I think for me, it was it was probably like a time thing because I feel like you... Well, for me, I've definitely overbooked myself in the last couple of years and you can finish the shoot and you know like you don't need to edit it right away. And then immediately four months pass and you're like, oh, wow, like I still, I really have to get this done. And then like other things that are urgent come up and this project comes up that you need to do right now. So I feel like it was a learning curve for me Um to try and prioritize like getting things done right after they're shot or like at least building the skeleton so you've done that hard yards while it's fresh in your mind. And actually like Ellie told me when we did this shoot, like in my experience, it's best to get started right away. But we also did it in the middle of summer when I'm at my busiest for the year. So it was very hard to get it done at the time. So it's essentially, it was just you and Ellie, right? Was there anyone else involved? So it was me, Ellie, my girlfriend, Adis, doing the photography. And then we had the one of the owners of the tent company, Heim Planet. He flew over from Germany to be with us to make sure that like the tent was shown in its best light. It was really good to have him there because, I mean, you can't, you literally can't do everything. So I think that the last couple of years have taught me that it's time to begin to collaborate more. And even though like I've always been, it's more so just being scared of like how big productions can get so quickly. Like so, it's so easy for it to turn into a 10 person operation or more. Um, but I think it might be time. Yeah, that seems like a very uh, natural journey of the filmmaker, especially uh, in this modern age where anyone can pick up a camera and, and become a filmmaker. Um, but it takes time to, you know, develop what your role would be in a larger crew and what, uh, what you specifically want to do and, and be involved in that seems like kind of a natural path, at least, uh, with our production company, that's what we found is that the longer we do this, the more we're just like, actually, I don't really like doing that part of it. I think I'll just do this and you just do that and let's all just do what we want to do together and then it ends up being better. It's it's such a, it's such a cool experience that I don't think is represented in a lot of other career paths. And it's challenging. It's very it's very challenging to, to admit to yourself that you can't do all totally. the things. Yeah. But I feel like at least what I realized in the last couple of years is that it just makes you do everything less good. I think that's the biggest, the biggest problem with it. And it's better to just focus on the thing that you love and do it as well as possible. And, you know, even if it means like for me, it's never been financial. I've always just kind of been driven by like the, the style or like the aesthetic of what I'm doing and just wanting to achieve a certain look of what I'm doing. That's been the pure drive, never money related. And I think that it's always just been this, this fear of 
like how going from one a one person team to five people, how that could translate financially. Um, and like, then I always think like, is it, is it worth it to do that? Like, how yeah. does that leave you at the end? And like, you know, it's such a hard thing. Yeah. These are some deep questions that I think yeah. about a lot too. It's a huge mentality shift too. You know, I've noticed too, with a lot of, uh, people that I've spoken to who started with photography that has been a similar journey because with photography it's uh you do very much have control over you're the one with the camera you're the one with the edit the entire piece is from your brush and so I think making that transition it makes sense to to struggle with that a little bit and and figure out okay like how do you maintain creative direction but also recognize uh, what others can do and, and bring them on so that you can actually achieve what you're seeing in your head. Um, and like people are awesome. Like there's some really talented human beings out there that can do things way better. And it's like, I think it can just elevate everything. It's just moving past that like small element of fear of expanding um, spreading the trust and the workload. Like, tell us about tell us about the rig on this shoot. <laughs> well, on this shoot, because we had such a full car, we were four people in the car. We had um, what I what I haven't said yet is we also made a twelve person version of this tent, um, which we're going to donate to the search and rescue. That's um, awesome. The problem is it takes up half the back of the car. That's it's amazing. So huge. So, yeah, it's very cool. But it also meant we had no space when we went out. So basically the red and the Ronin was out of out of the equation, like impossible to fit that and be fast. Mm. So uh, we actually went back to basics and went with the A7S 3 I was using the DZO Vespid Primes. I don't know if you've heard of those. Mm. They're quite new. Really amazing, like. I've been pretty mind blown by the um, the depth of field and the the kind of special vintage look that they have, being such a affordable lens as well. It's quite remarkable, I think. So even on the red, that's my go-to. Um, but yeah, I put those on the on the Sony, and then yeah, I just went full lightweight. And were you tripod, monopod, handheld, easy rig? Um, we had a shoulder rig, but for the most part, we, yeah, Ellie just went handheld. Cool. Well, you talked about the editing process a little bit, but so you were the editor. Roughly, how long did it take you? Did you do the coloring? We did, all the editing details, fill us in on that. Yeah. Um, I think the edit for this film took about 10 solid full days of work because um, we shot way more than what was in the film. So it was a lot of breaking down what were the, the most useful elements for the story. Um, and I spread that across a couple of weeks to try and take some time away to come back and like review it. I think that's just always been the best way is to, when you get like too deep, then you start to go a bit crazy. So it's good to step away. Um, and then, I don't know, the grading element it's always felt very natural to me. That's kind of been the heart of my work through photography since the beginning is all about the way that I edit my images. And 
I've become quite obsessed over the last couple of years about color grading and video as well. So my favorite thing about the the film was I love the shot where it, you're, it's over top of the tent and you see that like black rock and then it switches to the snow with and it's the same shot over top of the tent and it switches to the snow and there's like a slight change in the music. I was like, oh, I love that. That was a cute little bit. It was so sweet and just really nice. I liked that part. Um, but I, my question is, what are you most proud of in the edit? What do you like the most? I'm probably most proud of the grading. What did you, what did you end up using to color grade? Just resolve, yeah. Looking back on the experience as a whole, top to bottom, what is one thing that you would change about it to make your process a bit easier? Um, if I was to do this one again, it would be to be more organized um, post-shoot, like I said, like being really on it to also, um, like there was an issue of give, getting the footage to Ellie and um he didn't get the hard drive in time then we both went to different countries so it was just mm. like that that one single event meant that it didn't get done for several months so it's just like being more on it being organized i feel like there's so much involved with doing a a film like or a commercial like this um and just whether it's like making more notes or um even like putting things in the calendar that might seem like pretty mundane or pointless, but like just setting aside different times throughout the day to make sure these small tasks get done. I have never talked to a filmmaker who said that they wish they prepared less. They did less pre-production. It's always been, I wish I did more. And I think that's uh, something that we all slowly figure out over time is just like more is always better. The more organized you can be, the better. It's just so it's it's a whole different beast from photography. Like I I don't I don't really think of them as the same industry or same technique in any way. They're just like the planning is different, the mentality is different. It's yeah. I got this hilarious advice when I started the the nature filming. Don't give us a shot that goes from nowhere to fuck all. <laughs> And that was basically describing like, don't do some like random um, pan or tilt movement just because it's cool. Come like on. make sure that you're revealing something, tilting for a reason. Like every move you make mm. of the camera has an actual purpose. And even just like thinking mean, of a shot. You mean no it, whip transitions? Yeah, no, <laughs> exactly that. It's like making sure that every shot has an actual point of why you're moving the camera. I love that. Yeah. That actually, um, you mentioned that transition photographer to cinematographer. Um, and I was going to ask about that too. What was the initial, what was the initial like thoughts for you? Were you just kind of curious of what it would look like? Um, you know, what, what initially prompted you into the cinematography world? I think before I started the nature stuff, I, I was like dabbling in it for the years before that. Um, there was a film I made in Greenland, which was really the first time I had taken it seriously, I think. I remember like I made some hilarious mistakes. Like I set the project in Premiere to 50 frames and then mm. made the whole the whole edit and couldn't back out at that point. 
So it was just <laughs> like this random mistake of frame rate and it looks weird. But what um, prompted that project for the first time? Um, that was really like just to utilize the opportunity to while I was there. I was there um, on a workshop and we were immersed in the landscape for like 10 days straight. And there's more than enough time to film and shoot photos. So that kind of started this way of shooting or traveling for me now where I try to make, make a mix of both video and photo. There must have been some just like natural interest in video from the beginning. Yeah, and I think what, what sparked it more than anything is that in the first like five years of my career, I would come home from a, from a trip with like, I don't know, 20 or 30,000 images and no video, only phone video. And if I use a hundred of those photos and like all the moments that were 75 or 80% good are just sitting on my hard drive unused, then why not like try to more pick out the best moments to shoot photo and then in, in my preference, like, or the way that I work is like photo first, video second. Um, so anything that's like slightly not this like dream visual image that I have in my mind, focus mm. on video. So that's where it started. Cool. I think. Mm. It sounds like you kind of have a unique partnership of uh, photo and video and, and how they're going to live together in your world. Yeah, I mean, I'm kind of just taking projects as they come. Obviously now video projects are starting to get more and more requested from me. I don't really have an idea like where it will lead in the future, but all I know is that photography is always probably going to be the, the main thing that, that makes me happy. Um, leaving with that one or two images that really reflect an experience for me. So how did the, the final results of this project how was it um, distributed? Was it was this all social media or did you like send it off to the client? Did they have any sort of final platform for it? Yeah, we did like a few rounds of feedback at the end, even though, like I said, there was not really much to fix. It was more like placement of logos, correct text, correct fonts and so on and positioning of subtitles and stuff because we're dealing with multiple languages as well. The tent company is from Germany, I'm Planet, and uh, 66 is from Iceland, so there's a lot to deal with there with subtitling and stuff. Um, but once we got through those rounds of back and forth, it was a very simple release just on YouTube for both both companies. And then um, we made I made a blog post on both companies as well about my background and experience with the tent, followed up with all the images from ADs, and then we slotted the video into all of that. It sounds like a dream project, to be honest. You got to be involved from the beginning to the end um, and had a lot of creative control, which is rare and a beautiful, beautiful thing <laughs> to not have to have five revisions from clients is a great thing. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that can get tricky. Well, I mean, to close out, I'd love to... I'd love to just hear from you, um, based on your experience in the filmmaking world so far, uh, would you have any specific advice to others, maybe sp even as specific as people going from photography to cinematography or uh, people 
who have an interest in natural history filmmaking. Would you have any advice specifically for them? I think don't let a project be your reason for going out and shooting. Like it's also worthwhile to go out on personal missions and figure out exactly what you love to do. Um, that's especially from a nature perspective. Um, I feel like it's a very personal thing to film nature. I mean, nothing is moving really. Um, there's no subject. You're, you could be filming a rock. And if that's the request from a client, then you have to be the one to to make the creative call on how you can creatively film a static rock. So the only way to do that is to go out and play. So I also think it's quite fun to to have no obligations and go out and experiment with different forms of camera movement, sliders, um, f- like forward tracking with, you know, whatever equipment you have, even if it's a, a little gimbal or, I don't know, I've seen people use a fishing rod as an easy rig. Can't see why you couldn't try that. Any way to have the camera stable. Um, so, yeah, I think that's my advice and it's always been my advice for photography as well is to go out on your own and try as many different variations of the craft as you can until something clicks for me it was iceland that clicked a certain place and a connection that i wanted to portray um but it could also be a genre or a specific type of subject but you never know until you try it i mean we always like to ask at the end of these recordings but is there a filmmaker or a project uh, that you've seen out there that you would love to hear about on on featuring filmmakers? Is there someone out there you'd love to hear from? The, my biggest inspiration for the natural history filmmaking, Jamie McPherson. Yeah, Jamie is, he's for sure, like he's been the key to me basically having an additional career because he's given me the the confidence in what I do by just like the simple advice of like, uh, crossing your fingers hoping for the best and just being out there trying and this is coming from like a multiple award winning cinematographer at the highest level and that just gave me the courage to go out and try so I, yeah that would be a good one well uh, just to close out here Benjamin thank, thank you. you for blessing our eyes with your amazing craft and art and thank you for blessing our ears with your beautiful voice today so buttery <laughs> And, um, thanks guys thank you thanks for having for, me thanks for what can we where can we find you where can people look at more of your work how can people support you instagram is always the main spot benjamin hardman and there i have all my films and photos featuring filmmakers is made possible by harvest film company to dive into content about these projects that we discussed you can go to our blog on featuringfilmmakers.com we have everything laid out with behind the scenes the original project discussed and additional episodes there so check us out at featuringfilmmakers.com thanks so much for listening love you bye